Howdy folks, welcome back to the Castaway Consultants, where we teach future Survivor players how to play the game by criticizing what the current players do right or wrong. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Stacy, your resident superfan. I'm joined tonight by only one of my other hosts. Yes, we are sans Derek tonight, which means that it is me, Josh. Uh, hopefully you guys aren't too disappointed. Uh, I know that everyone loves Derek, and I'm really uh, the red-headed stepchild of the, of the podcast. So, But we're, it's all right. We'll, we're going to make it through, and I hope to not disappoint you guys. We're all the red-headed stepchilds of this podcast. Yeah, fair. <laughs> yes, Derek could not be here tonight because quarantine, social distancing, you know. Yeah, fun fact, we are technically not in the same state. Yes. So hopefully next week we're going to try and figure out a way to get him to... A Skype in or something like that, but we just didn't have time to figure out how to do that this week. So it's just Josh and I, but Derek did text me his thoughts for the episode. So as they become pertinent, I will read them off verbatim and hopefully try and make Derek look foolish. Uh, tonight we were talking about Survivor Winners at War, episode nine. War is not pretty. So if you have not watched that episode yet, get out of here. Go watch it. It's, it was great. Oh yeah, no, it was very enjoyable. This was a really fun episode. Epic Tribal Council. Yes, uh, yes. And, I, and I'm always a fan of when there's mass hysteria and confusion. I'm iffy on the mass hysteria and confusion, but this was dialed up to about 25. <laughs> um, and the capper on the whole thing was just mm. beautiful. So this this was great. This was absolutely wonderful. A great episode. Go watch it. Spoiler alert. Before we get started, I'm going to bring in the ghost of Derek Kubitschek to read us his qualifiers. Ghost Derek, you have the floor. We know we are given less than 1% of 1% of what happens on the island. We are spoon-fed an edit, but that's what we're going to use. Two, we know we've never played, so a lot of what we say is easier in theory than in practice. And three, there's a fair amount of chance in Survivor. We'll talk about that, but it's more about the player's skills and decisions within their control. Thanks, Ghost Eric. <laughs> that was natural. That was completely natural. Uh, anything else before we get started with this episode? Uh, no, I think we are good to go. All right. So this episode kicks off with everybody coming back from uh, Tribal, where Michelle and Nick were blindsided by the Wendell boot. They're obviously not happy, which, you know, that's pretty much par for the course. But I think we'd all expect our winners to come back and kind of keep their emotions in check and play, you know, like keep play cool. That's kind of the, the go-to move, and mm -hmm. Nick does not do that. Yeah, it's kind of surprising. Uh, and Nick's not the first one this season to be unhappy after Tribal, so it's it, it's... It's been kind of surprising as that's come up. But yeah, it's it, it's pretty much Survivor 101. Just keep a level head and talk to the people who you're closest with and try to see what what ended up happening and just kind of go from there. Yeah, this Nick Nick had a few emotional outbursts kind of like this the first time he played. But yeah, this was not great for Nick. Uh, not a good night really for Nick at all. No, especially when you're clearly at the at the bottom. You want to give as few reasons as possible for people to not like you. Yeah, and Nick is like, ah, screw it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna confront them all about it. And Michelle's like, no, don't do that. No. That's a terrible move. And that's right. And, and you know, one one school of thought could be maybe Michelle should let Nick go do this because it will save her. But I think she wants to just try and keep an ally, her closest ally in the game. So I, I, I like Michelle stopping Nick from going full scorched earth. Yeah, there's definitely enough time to be able to mend some bridges here. And if you're able to keep another person by your side, it's gonna be that much easier to do that. So. Definitely good on Michelle for not just kind of letting him go alone. Yeah. And then we see Nick getting mad at Tony and being really emotional. and Just not the right move, man. No. Then we have this amazing uh, setup for the spectacular... One of my favorite storylines in all of Survivor history, I think. Where Adam and Michelle are talking and Adam talks about how he thinks there's this little piece on 
Jeff's voting booth where his podium thing. The, yeah, the, what did he call it? It's like a fleur de lis or something. Uh, like words that? I've never heard in my life. It's it's it I it's the symbol they used in Survivor Nicaragua. So I wonder if it was like a symbol for conquistadors or something like that. But it's we're in Fiji, so that doesn't make a ton of sense. Yeah, but Adam noticed that it was the same symbol that was a part of the immunity idol. Yes, from earlier. And so he suspects this is an idol. And honestly, I, I'm surprised we've never seen an idol hidden at Tribal Council before. It seems like a a no-brainer for a production to try, especially on a season like this. So Adam's thinking, I don't think, is too far off. I think this is a, a fair uh, thing to think. Yeah. I mean, it's way out there, and no one has, as far as we know, never thought of it. Mm-hmm. And I guess if you're Adam or anyone else who would might be onto this, it's a no-risk situation if you think you're going home. Because yeah. you can grab it at travel right before and just play it immediately. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't... You tried. He doesn't. He puts too much stock into it, but uh, I love this. This is fantastic. Yeah, don't use it as an excuse to just go AWOL. Yeah. Uh, that's definitely not the right move. Yes. But having a backup plan is never a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, over on the Edge of Extinction, we get another scavenger hunt where you have to remember what happened on season 38. Okay, fine, whatever. Uh, Parvati and Danny managed to figure it out, and Parvati gets her hands on a 50-50 coin, which is a new, new trinket. Really reminds you of something you'd see in Mario Party. Yeah, uh, just... <laughs> Flip it to basically decide your fate. And basically uh, what this does is you can use it at Tribal Council, flip a coin. Heads, you're, you get, you're safe. Tails, you're not safe. So, so I guess how do you feel about this? Because not too long ago, uh, last season, we kind of bashed something that was similar. Uh, now, it wasn't like an actual like in-game like coin flip for immunity. But it was close when it was... Oh, who was it at the uh, edge? It was uh, uh, or Island Dean. Of it was Dean. Dean was at the end of the idols, and he got a coin flip for an idol nullifier is what he ended up getting, and he yeah. played it on Janet and knocked her out of the game. I, I don't mind this because it's not a sure thing, and I like nerfed advantages, if that makes sense. You know, I like idols that have a time clock on it. Yeah, So I don't mind the 50-50 coin flip. I almost think it should be a little less powerful, mm. and, like, you lose your vote. Oh. Yeah. Like, if, if you, either, you either get immunity or you lose your vote. I, I feel like that should... I would like it better if it was that. Okay. Yeah, it seems a little more high stakes for how much you might be giving up for it, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I'd, be, I'd be down for something like that if it was, if it was more just placed in the game sure. rather than like something that you're transactionally buying. Right, and that's what ends up happening. Parvati's allowed to pick her price, and boy, she did this right. She's going to uh, offer it to Michelle for four fire tokens, and Michelle's going to take the deal. Yeah, she's, she's uh, scheming from the, uh, from the edge still and i love it get as much as you can and and she knew who had the most and basically is assuming that whatever it ends up being they're going to be willing to pay just because people don't really know what these fire tokens are going to be worth in the end which is the right move i think i think you charge as much as you can for this and i think people will pay it Um, and if it and if it doesn't work too bad you don't get that peanut butter oh oh no (laughs) darn so we're gonna get a reward challenge you know normally I, I'm not a big reward challenge guy. The only interesting part to me is when it divides the tribe up sometimes. But tonight we actually get something interesting because Ben, Kim, Sarah, Michelle, and Sophie win the challenge. And they're going to get Chinese takeout feast on their own. But Sarah gives up her reward to Nick for because uh, he was on the outs uh, on the last boat and it was his birthday when he was blindsided like that. So she feels bad for him and she tells us it was a genuine human moment. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But she gives up her reward to Nick. What are your thoughts on this, Josh? Uh, I do think that it was a genuine human moment. 
but that doesn't make it a good play. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I was actually, I was very surprised at this because I know that we all know that Sarah is a good survivor player. So to one see of the her, best, I would even say. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she's on Winners at War. Yep. So to see her do something like this and put a target on her back the way that she did was was very surprising for me, and I did not like it. No, this was a, a terrible move. This draws a lot of attention, gets her no goodwill from Nick. Nick is still totally on board to knock her out of the game, uh, which is the right move for As Nick. As he should be. Uh, yeah, good, good on Nick. You owe people nothing. Uh, you owe people nothing in Survivor. And yeah, it was a nice thing to do, and that was kind of her thought process. Like, you know, it, you, not, you can do nice things in this game. Yeah, but you probably shouldn't. I mean, you don't want to be a jerk, but you don't want to be too nice either. Like, there's a, there's a middle ground to walk. Yeah, and at, and at this point, how many people do we have left? Like we're 10, at the final 11 10 or eleven. Point. So I mean, we're we're at the point in the game where it, it's you can't really be an under the radar player anymore. Uh, everyone's basically going to be exposed uh, just by how many people are left in the game. But this just completely throws out anything of if you're trying to play a little bit more of a, an under the radar game. Uh, and, and it seems like for Sarah's previous levels of play. She kind of has been, and I really like that, just because it's been, like, a real non-threat. And here's a new target. Yep, this isn't good for Sarah. I wouldn't be surprised to see her go pretty soon, which sucks, because I love Officer Sarah. And when we saw it in the the preview for next week, yep. I mean, this was the first time her name was... I mean, they did it on last week's preview, yep. but this is the first time they're like, we need to break up the Sarah and Sophie alliance. And Sophie's got an idol, and Sarah's the bigger target. So if that does come to pass... Sarah's gone. Well, she have like a steal a vote? Yeah, that that won't save you probably. Not, not if it not if it's that lopsided. If, it, if it's eight against two, yeah, you're done. Yeah, rip. <laughs> so yeah, so this just a lot of people are talking about getting rid of Sarah because of this move. Then really quickly we get to the immunity challenge. Shockingly fast. Yeah, not even halfway through the episode not yet. Even. Yeah, I think we were at 7.24 and Immunity Challenge was starting. Which is always a good sign. Yes, yes it is. So the winner is going to get a fire token as well. And it's balancing on the doghouse challenge and, and Kim wins. Pretty straight, yeah, pretty straightforward. It, came, it comes down to, to Kim and Ben. Uh, there wasn't really much competition outside of the two of them. Yep. And in the end, Kim was just able to balance more. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised Ben made it that far. That was pretty impressive. Yeah, good for him. He was doing a little, like, I don't know, like... Kung fu. Yeah, kung fu, Might balancing be a little bit of act. coach doing his like tai chi oh, okay, yeah. like uh exile island or something yeah. like that uh, pulling a real coach move and i'm always here for that <laughs> good for them because i would not have been able to do that oh yeah i would have been out i could have made it to the second level i think i would have made it to i would have made it to the top but i probably would have been a lot like adam where i wouldn't even be able to stand up and it would just be well see you guys <laughs> bye-bye so kim's got immunity so the plan starts out first it's going to be a uh, they're going to vote out nick with adam as the backup plan split the votes between them because nick adam and michelle are the three on the bottom okay the plan changes to nick going with michelle as the backup now just to keep adam a little happier because he, he's third on that list it's mm-hmm. nick michelle adam mm-hmm. okay cool seems straightforward can't get any more chaotic than this right no until nick throws out sophie's name and then Adam throws out Sarah's name. And Kim doesn't want Sarah to go, so she goes and tells Tyson. And Tyson wants to get Adam, who tells Sarah. And yeah, and Ben confronts Adam. Oh my god. <laughs> it's utter chaos. It just blows up. And we hear almost everyone's names. I don't think we heard Jeremy's name. And I don't think we no, heard... No, we saw Jeremy laugh a couple of times yep. just because he's been told like four or five different names. And I don't think we heard Denise's name. Nope. And I don't think we heard Tony's name. 
somehow no. Somehow no. I think besides obviously Kim, I think we heard literally everybody else's name. Yeah, that was everyone else. I mean, the the person like otherwise the least was was Sophie, but hers was one of the first ones. Yeah, and then it just quickly went to Sarah instead. Yeah, it, it was insanity. It was insanity, and, and Jeremy's going to describe this as, like, the craziest beach day he's ever had, and he played on a couple of crazy ones, so he was he was on second chances, man. <laughs> that was that was the first time we got, it was um, uh, voting blocks, voting blocks is what they called it, it was very... Oh, yeah, that was the fishback, yeah, yeah he, trying to, trying to coin his terms. Yes, good old fishback. Yeah, so, crazy. Oh, it was fun, though. And, and and this is where I always enjoyed, and I, I remember always enjoying those on second chances, and and even now, even if it's not super straightforward, I like when it's just a bunch of names thrown out. Not when not really because of a strategic standpoint, and there are some good strategic strategic things to pull out from this. I'm sure we'll mention a few here, but even more just to see people's reactions. Like I am pulling hard for Jeremy in the season, and I know that, so I might be biased, but I enjoyed so much watching his facial reactions every single time someone came up to him with a name, whether it was Tyson or Adam or Nick or whoever going up to him and saying, it's this person now. It's this person now. He's like, what? (laughs) Jeremy might be the MVP of this segment. Well, and... Just in terms of entertainment. And I would even say strategically, too, because he never countered it and threw out a different name. It was always... All right, I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah. Of the people who I didn't hear their names, I think Jeremy probably played this the best out of everybody. Yeah. But some of the highlights I want to talk about are, first was Tyson, where he has said in the past he doesn't like chaos in Survivor, but he's since learned that chaos and confusion can make people forget about you. And that's true. But we just still heard his name. Yeah, people, it it can't mask it forever. Yeah. Like, if you're going to be a part of throwing people's names around... When it's super chaotic like this, it's eventually going to come back around to you. Now, you just have to hope that it keeps on moving past you and it doesn't stick on you. Yes. And uh, I think if he was in a situation where he didn't come back from the edge, I would be really worried if I was him. But I also think he wouldn't play this the same way. Yes. Yes. He's kind of playing with house money a little bit. Oh, absolutely. He's got to be a little careful. Uh, You know, if you're going to be a riverboat gambler like he's doing, playing some Russian roulette or whatnot... Yeah, be a little careful because sometimes the bullet will hit you. Yeah. I'm a little worried for Tyson. I don't think he's going to make it to the end. Really? I don't. He could. Because didn't we just say on our last episode that he's uh, one one of the key names that could probably make it just for like the goat factor? Yeah. Uh, The three I named last week were Adam, Ben, and Tyson. Hmm. And I think (laughs) uh, since Adam's gone, obviously, I think Tyson is probably bottom of the barrel uh, if you take to the end for a goat. I'm still really worried about taking him to the end, man, because he's Tyson. You never know. Right now, I think I think the two people who can't win the game are Tyson and Ben. <sighs> if I had to pick, and I've I've been saying I've been agreeing for the most part. I saw some stuff from Ben this episode that's making me think differently. So I guess this brings me to one of the other things that happened in this whole hullabaloo was Ben's interaction with Adam, mm-hmm. and this was low key a fantastic move by him because he knew that adam was basically the one that was was talking about yes no you can you can never be 100 percent certain but when you're like 90 percent certain you can approach someone in a different manner and he does exactly that with adam he goes up to him and specifically says are people saying this about me and sarah that were super close because adam had pulled uh had suggested ben or sarah to split them up because they're very close which is true adam did this and then ben confronts him about it and asks 
who is saying this. And Adam basically says, I, I can't tell you, man. Like, I'm not going to throw out any names. He's like, are you not throwing out any names because it's you? And Adam, I, Adam didn't really even have a response. He eventually came back around to, I'm not going to throw out names, man. And then Ben just walks away. And that is a fantastic move because you're putting that other person who you already know is probably lying to you Mm -hmm. in a really tough position and you're forcing their hand yes adam is at the bottom of the the totem pole here so it's a little bit easier but the fact that when you walk away you're kind of just like leaving him there you're basically burning this this alliance yes uh and, and when you don't really need that person anymore that's a move that i just really really liked from him so from a place of results oriented thinking yes i like this move for ben because, yeah, it kind of burns the bridge. This bridge was already kind of burned, just that they hadn't addressed the fact that it was burned yet. Mm-hmm. Um, this bridge had completely collapsed a long time ago. Uh, also, the fact that Adam goes home. If Adam had stayed in the game, this is this is a potential disaster waiting for happen to Ben. So this is kind of the Boston Rob move to play this way. And if it works out, it's great. But if it doesn't work out, yikes. So I think Ben is very fortunate that things broke his way. This could this could have ended up being a disaster for him. True, but I think if it would have broken the other way and Adam was telling the truth, you get your answer right away. Mm-hmm. And you don't even go through the whole situation of basically interrogating him and walking away and burning any bridges. You mend the fence right there and you you probably actually even have a, a sure. better ally now. And Adam's not going home. But Pro- let, Probably. Let's say um, Adam did this, Ben confronts him, all that happens, but the final Russian roulette lands on Nick. Nick goes out, Adam's still in the game, Bridge is burned. Yes. Now it's it's open war between the two. That's bad. That's real bad. Absolutely. And it's all about calculated risk here, and I think Ben was actually smart. I know know we give Ben a lot of crap usually about not being a great winner, but I just thought that this was a really good move from him. Sure. It's it's definitely a tough move to make, and I, I... I don't want to say, without looking at the results, I don't want to say whether it was good or bad. Mm-hmm. It's definitely calculated and a gamble. We don't have enough information to say, did Ben really make the smart, smart move based on just intelligence and calculated risks? Maybe he got lucky. But in the end, results-oriented, yes, it was the right move. So that's what I'm going to go with for Ben. So right. I'm going to give him a plus. <laughs> um, Big ol' thumbs up. But uh, this is uh, this is one of the situations where I'm like, can we get 2% more or something <laughs> instead of just 1%, please? Yep. So now we're going to tribal council. And again, it gets insane. There's whispering. People are getting up. Everybody's going nuts. Just utter chaos once again. And then Ben and Adam get into this major argument while everybody's arguing around him about everything they've done so far in this game. And it's just so funny. Yeah, and this is basically a culmination of everything that we've seen up to this point. Their alliance basically growing and then coming to a crashing end. And it was basically at this point where I'm completely sold that Adam's going to be going home. It's just, yeah, this could just kind of keep burning and, and go on to the next episode, but this is way too much to, to not come to, to a finish here. Adam's really causing chaos around camp, and I, he didn't start it this time, but he's making things worse for everyone. But the best thing, one of my favorite moments in Survivor history is when all this is said and done, Adam's just like, hey, anybody want to talk to me about what, what the plan is? And nobody says a word, just stone-faced. Maybe even a, a cricket or two. <laughs> Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? <laughs> and honestly, the, like, and I think I've said this on previous episodes, but, like, I've, I'm a huge fan of Adam's game from, like, previous seasons. And I like the way he, re- I really like the way he started this game. And I know he's a good player mm-hmm. who has made some wrong moves in some tough situations, which happens. I get it. So it, 
when he basically said Bueller, anyone, and there was this complete silence, I I got kind of sad. Me too. I was like, like oh. I I felt really bad. And I'm like, oh that that hurts. That's game right there. Because oh, that's you know at that point. Yeah. Uh, I really like Adam too. Millennials versus Gen X is famously my favorite season. That might be kind of an odd opinion for someone who's an OG Survivor fan. You know, I started watching at the, with the end of Africa season three, but Millennials versus Gen X is my favorite season. And Adam is a huge part of that because I just like his story so much. Man, yeah, brutal, man. Mm-hmm. But it was good. Like it was like I felt bad for him, but I'm like, this is a satisfying conclusion to the Adam story this season. Like yeah. it, it it was like a full arc and it paid off. The chaos that was the Adam story. So Adam Adam was very fun this season. But he's gonna give us one last gift before heading off to the edge where he tries to get the thing out of the podium that he thinks is an idol and it, it just won't happen. Wiggles it, wiggles it, and when it when he went up and grabbed it and it wasn't completely like solid in that like voting podium or whatever it is that Jess behind. I thought he was going to pull it out. I thought he was going to get it because it's just rattling, just jiggling right in there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, is he going to get it? But no, he just keeps on rattling it and it has no luck. Yeah. And and Jeff and, and Adam have like a good dialogue kind of about it for a second. But Jeff's like, nah, it's not an idol, man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, what, oh God, what was it? It was basically like, well, how do you know it's not one? And he's like... Uh, can I play it? And he's like, do you want to play it? Yeah. He's like, yes. And he's like, <laughs> absolutely. And no. <laughs> and so Adam ultimately gets the votes. It ends up being eight votes for Adam, two votes for Nick, one vote for Sarah. Adam votes for Sarah. We don't know who the two votes for Nick are at this time, but I would have to imagine it was just a split throw a couple votes on Nick. We didn't see any surprised faces out in the bunch. No. So I, 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 I'm I assuming everybody was on the same page. Two people vote for Nick just in case. Everybody else votes for Adam. Adam gets up and he's like, hey, I have to try. And Jeff says, always. Always. I loved that. It was really good. It's like, ooh, Jeff. All right. <laughs> now, my bold prediction, and I don't think this is that bold of a prediction. Within the next two seasons, we're going to see an idol hidden at Tribal Council. And I think Jeff is like, why have we never done this before? This is brilliant. <laughs> so I, I'm thinking by 42, we will have this happen. Ooh, write it down now. It is uh, April 8th, 2020. And we got a bold prediction from Ryan so, about season 42. Yeah, it may be 41. Maybe but, even 41. Uh, you know, if they didn't, maybe, yeah, I guess I don't know how much time they had for free production for that. Maybe they'll wait a season. So I'm going to say... By 42, they'll do it. Nice. Sometimes Very they nice. need a little bit of time. Eh, you know, that's TV. Yep. It was so good. And Adam gives his fire tokens to Denise. Yeah, I think he only had one. Yeah, he only had one. And he basically says, like, screw the rest of you. <laughs> screw you guys. I'm going to the edge. I'm going to the edge. <laughs> and everybody like, like, dude, <laughs> nice try, man. <laughs> you got to respect it. You got to respect it. Um, like, even if you make yourself look like a fool, but yep. man, you tried. And that's the thing with Adam. I, I think he's fine looking the fool as long as he tries everything. Mm-hmm. And I respect the hell out of that. Yep. I love Adam. He's great. We're, spoiler alert for my my worst player of the episode coming up. You know, a lot of we, we have a rule here where the person who gets eliminated cannot be given worst player of the episode because that's boring and, and too easy. Worst player left in the game is usually is what it really should be. But this time, I don't think Adam was the worst player of the episode, even if he was eligible. I think, you know, he didn't handle the situation with Ben the best, but besides that, he was just scrambling, trying to survive. Yeah, maybe you'd be a little less aggressive. Sure. Like, he jumped on 
the the Sarah vote right away uh, when it was just kind of like tossed out. So he was kind of like um, portrayed as the aggressor there. So that that along with the whole Ben conversation, both at camp and at travel, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would probably say are are the things that I would knock him for. But yeah, I mean, when you're playing for the bottom, I I, I have no problem with you just tossing yep. up hail marys. Yeah, maybe so, you get one to land. There, there's definitely people in this episode who played worse than Adam did at night. Mm-hmm. So you know, Adam's. This, this is probably the end of Adam in the season, but major props for, you know, very flawed gameplay this season. But damn it, he tried. He tried, man. That's all you can ask for. <laughs> he deserves, you know, as a, as a millennial, as a true millennial, he deserves a participation trophy. Ah, yes. <laughs> and I know that people, like, I see it on Twitter a lot. People are loving to hate on Adam this this season just because of his gameplay. And he, he, can, be, he can be annoying and be overbearing and, and all that stuff. And I completely understand that, and the edit is definitely coming off that way, and I don't think that's just the edit. I think that is actually his gameplay, so I understand it, but I do like to defend him a little bit, and yeah. just, like, it's a, it's a matter of his circumstance, and I, I gotta respect it in the end. He's added a lot to the season. Like, oh, for he's sure. He's brought so much to the table, so... Yep. Good uh, and bad. <laughs> yep. Good and bad, but entertaining the whole time. Yep. Love it. So thank you, Adam. We're out for Adam tonight, folks. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's the end of the episode. Just chaos. Just chaos. As we do every week on our Twitter account, which you can find at, at CastawayPod, we like to ask whether or not the right person went to the edge tonight. And Twitter was pre-decided on this one, uh, 71% saying, yes, Adam was the correct person to go to the edge. I think we're on the same page yeah. here. Uh, I gotta agree. It's... You hate to hear the whole like easy vote thing, but when you got someone who's trying to cause that much chaos and he's thrown a couple different names out, uh, and he's not really mega tight with anyone, but he's not really someone who would be uh, like kind of like a goat in the like if you made it to final tribal. You kind of just had to send him, send him home at this point. Easy moves are usually the right moves, in my opinion. If I were to play Survivor, I feel like I'd be a very safe, boring player. I think I'd be funny confessionals, but I think my gameplay would be very boring and straightforward because that's the right way to play. Yeah. You know, I love how we got here to one of the obvious votes. It was a great, entertaining way to get to a very straightforward vote. Mm-hmm. And what, what more can you ask for? Uh, nothing. <laughs> uh, mega, mega blindside, yeah. I guess. And those are fun, but not always the right moves. No. And no. this was, I think, definitely the right move. Yep. So let's get to best worst players of the episode. I'll kick us off on this one. Sure. Uh, for best player of the episode, I actually had Michelle uh, because I like the way she came back from camp and like dumped water out on Nick to like try and cool him off and not blow up his own game. She made the right move in playing the four fire tokens for uh, to get the 50-50 flip, and then she ended up being on the right side of the boat. So I think Michelle. I would agree with you. Basically just going to echo like your same comments uh, with all that stuff. I would like to toss out a, two honorable mentions here. One for Ben, just because of his... I, like I said, I really liked his conversation with Adam. I think he got a lot of information out of that uh, and was able to make a, a smart decision based off of it. And my other honorable mention is actually Tony because he had two really good conversations, one with Nick at right away at the beginning, and then one with Sarah, too regarding her play at the the reward with giving it to Nick, uh, along with not getting his name thrown out. Okay. Um, so I'm going to give them honorable mentions, but yes, in the end, I'm going to give the best player to Michelle. Derek actually disagreed with us. Ooh. And he said Jeremy was the best player of the episode. Uh, yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. Uh, for staying cool, he never moved. He, he was sitting at that log the whole time, yep. just letting people come to him. He seemed to lower his profile after last week's blunder, so that is why Derek awards Jeremy the best player of the episode. Mm. His honorable mention goes to Kim, for showing some swagger tonight 
And oh, also for Tony for not even being targeted. So as honorable mentions for Kim and Tony. All these are good picks. A lot, of, a lot of good players in this episode. I just think Michelle really helped her out because she was second from the bottom at the beginning of this episode. And I think she might be able to elevate herself into the mix now. Yeah, and actually, I I don't know why I didn't even think about Jeremy because I I gave him props throughout while we've been talking this entire time about his his play during that mass hysteria and also how he would like his situation from last week because we were actually pretty worried about him after last week that he was going to kind of be out in the open and be seen as a target. So yeah, I I respect a, I respect it from Derek. Now let's move on to worst player, Josh. Who you got? It feels weird, but I'm actually going to give it to Sarah because I don't. I actually don't think that there were a lot of bad moves in this episode. There were so many names that were thrown out that I don't think you can target one specific person for saying this was a. They did a bad job at suggesting names or whatever. So I think it comes down to who got a little bit more exposed this week versus how they were before. And like we said, Sarah was the one who would kind of just stepped into the spotlight, gave Nick her reward, and now has a target on her back. Whether or not she actually does have a target, she's being noticed. And I think that is enough to give her the worst player of the episode. Well, Derek completely agrees with you. Hey. Uh, he also said Sarah for painting an unnecessary, unnecessary target on her back with that selfless act. Her name hadn't been coming up, but now people seem excited to jump on board to get rid of her. The seeds of destruction have been planted. All right, Derek. He, he gives a dishonorable mention to Ben for getting way too emotional. I'm going to give my worst player of the episode to Nick for his behavior after Tribal Council for ending up being the backup boat. He's still on the bottom. Like yep. he, bare, he survived this, but it wasn't close. And this is actually probably, you know, technically he was on the right side of the vote, but I think this is the worst for Nick. I think this is fine for everybody else, but if this was a bad move for somebody, it was Nick. There's nothing he can do about it. I think this is the worst for Nick. Yeah, and that's the toughest thing for him is that I don't think he didn't really have much say in it. It was more get past this votes and then see what you can do next time. Yeah. But yeah, very clearly Michelle is not the next person in line. It is Nick. So he's he's got some work to do next yeah. next uh next episode. Uh, dishonorable mention, of course, to Sarah. Yes, uh, agree. Of course. Predictions for next time. I'm just gonna keep going because mine's relevant. I'm going with Nick. Uh he is bottom. I just think that the smart move to get is just get rid of Nick because he's someone who's also will be chaotic. He's very emotional, hard to control. I think you can cut him and make it easier for everybody. So I think Nick's going next. I think it's very similar to this week where it's it's going to be a very curved road, twisting and winding road to an easy vote. And I do think that it's going to be Nick, and it's going to make me sad just like this week made me sad just because I like Nick as I, I really like Nick as a player. So Derek's going to go with a real bold prediction. He's going to say Tyson's getting idled out of the game by Sophie. Hmm. Interesting. His, that's his bold prediction. I thoroughly disagree with that. I mean, based on the preview, there could be attention going Sophie's way next there week. There could be. I just don't think it'd be Tyson to get knocked out. If, if Sophie were to play an idol, I think it'd be more likely someone like Nick. Yeah. Or or maybe she goes for like a bigger a bigger sure. move and takes out like I don't even know like Tony. A, yeah. Like a yeah, like a Tony or Kim. I don't know Jeremy. Who knows? Please no. Yeah. <laughs> So every week we ask questions from you, the listeners, our loyal listeners, our massive fan base, and we like to try and ask them when people have questions. So Josh, did we have any questions? Uh, we did. We had uh, one that's we kind of touched on a little bit, but we can expand on to a better answer. So this is from Killian McNeely on Twitter, who responded to our tweet saying, I saw some negative response to the transaction, but while four sounds like a lot, what else is Michelle going to do? With the tokens will them away to someone after being voted off 
I'd rather have a shot at safety than a bunch of unused tokens sitting around. Uh, Killian, that's exactly right. We're, we're completely in agreement with you on that statement, I think. You know, I'm a big fan of the video game Mario Party. In that game, you have to collect coins to buy stars. Whoever has the most stars at the end of the game wins. I like to spend my coins as rapidly as possible because it's very easy for someone else to steal them uh, or just some BS event that you don't see coming knocks them all out of, you know, gets rid of all of them, which could happen in Survivor. You could add out of the game and then your fire tokens are gone. You know, Mario Party and Survivor are similar in some ways, I think. And my philosophy in Mario Party is spend your coins before somebody else does. And I think that is never more relevant to Survivor than right now. You spend them all. Because none of these people really know what the fire tokens get you. I mean, they have their menu, but all that is... All the stuff on the menu is just like food stuff now. It's not that useful. This could save your game. 50-50 shot, it saves your game. Potentially. Screw it. Spend it all. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement. I was I was iffy on it at the time because it, it does seem like a lot. I mean, Poverty targeted Michelle for a reason. She has what we think is the most yeah. in the game with four and four is a lot especially when you don't know how valuable these things are but you're seeing that you're you're gonna have chances to get them at reward challenges or immunity challenges they're they're being up for grabs so you do have chances to accumulate more in the game so they're not just gonna be gone forever it, there's no guarantee that you'll get more but we took a quick look at the menu and once we reached the merge, there was no obvious strategic advantage to keeping uh, fire tokens. If you're thinking strictly on strategy, yes, there's food and stuff that you could use in like immunity challenges to to boost your calories and all that stuff. But I think the best strategic thing was like taking someone's reward, which honestly could do more harm than good. Absolutely. And or you could like write to someone on the edge. Yes. Big whoop. Maybe maybe that could come in handy at some point. I don't know. But when you're talking about a 50-50 shot at getting immunity, I can definitely see the advantage there. Now, ideally, you're not going to give up four, and it's going to be like one or two, and you might have some left over. That's not the case, so I think Michelle did the right move here. Absolutely, and this is part of the reason why I gave her best play of the episode. It was because she got this advantage. So, absolutely, Michelle made the right move. Spend your coins before someone else does. And I like how Killian, uh, he also replied uh, that it isn't even the worst 50-50 coin in franchise history. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Killian, for giving us that question. Uh, I'd love to kind of get a little bit more discussion going on the podcast. We're going to keep reserving the ends of our podcast like this to user-submitted questions. So uh, any other listeners out there who have some dying questions that they, they were lo- uh, looking to get answered right after the episode, stay tuned to our Twitter account, which is at Castaway Pod, and we usually tweet that out right at the end of the episode, so you can go ahead and find it there. Okay, um, that pretty much wraps things up. Uh, Josh, do you have anything else before we sign off? I don't think so. I think that we are well on our way to having potentially a a chaotic end to this season, and I'm all for it. One can only hope. Mm -hmm. All right, well, this has been the Castaway Consultants. Good night. I feel like Derek was supposed to say something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, good night, everybody. (laughs) 